Corey, I, I have a strong feeling that you and I are going to end up creating just a program together and, and because it's it's working really well. And maybe it's Let's the, not talk about it too soon, Brian, because it's we're still early on in our relationship. I, and, and I don't want to kill it with too much honesty right now and predictions of the future. Let's... It's gonna mindful apprenticeship of doom. Come on! <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Welcome to Mindfulness of Doom, a weekly podcast about life, peaceful living, and existential dread. You're not lost. Everyone's faking it, and the purpose of life is um, enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 26 of the Mindfulness of Doom podcast. Yeah, yeah, 20, 26, 27, 20, 26, 27, whatever, 20, 20, 20 something, episode 20 something of the Mindfulness of Doom podcast, and Corey will write about that in the blog. Wait a minute, no, 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 Brian, we haven't had that many podcasts yet, we can't get caught up forgetting the numbers. Well, no, no, because we have, we have 25 recorded, there's only been 21 released, mm. and now we're on 26. Oh, there's been 22 released. That's true. We have 21. We don't even know what's going on. We're starting to lose count. We We need help here at Mindfulness of Doom. If you would like to be an intern at Mindfulness of Doom, feel free to write us at mindfulnessofdoom at gmail.com. Mindfulness of Doom. Help us keep track of the episode numbers as we're getting old and forgetful. Yes. (laughs) I mean, 26 episodes, that's that's like 109 in podcast years. Yeah. We're ancient now. Mm. Do the math on that. Yeah, I see you guys growing the gray hair already. I can't wait. My salt and pepper look's going to be amazing. <laughs> so we have a very special guest in the studio with us, one Marion Canero, who is here joining us, and she has uh, started a really incredible business, uh, the Alma Wellness Centers. Is that, uh, is that the accurate name for it? Well, it's actually Alma Community. Alma Community. Right. Yes. So short is Alma, which uh-huh. is a lifestyle company, and I'm committed through... A co-creative force of a lot of friends and mentors and teachers to connect individuals and organizations with the best in healing health and wellness and so it's a platform where I actually have life centers so you've alluded to a center that I'm developing up in Vero Beach and I also do group travel and corporate wellness programs so for the average person out there what this means for you is you'll be able to go to a center and experience different uh, services and products for health and wellness. Mm. And it's for individuals such as yourselves who are healers and who are providing these services to the world, you'll now have a platform to get to more people. So you can actually host retreats at the center. You could actually host retreats abroad in other destinations. So in May, I'm actually launching um, my first retreat. It's the Goddess Retreat. It's a uh, eight-day transformative healing and empowerment retreat for women, very much focused on mindfulness. Mm. Uh, the inspiration was actually the book that I have here with me, and I carry it with me pretty much every day. And um, which book is that? And that is Peace is Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh, the Zen Buddhist monk from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather actually gave this book to me uh, for my birthday, and he's a recovered, they say recovering, but he's a recovered alcoholic. And he had a fellow um, group member constantly telling him, hey, I want to give you these books. I want to give you these books. Buddhism, it's awesome. It's going to help you. And my grandfather was just not interested. And out of nowhere, he had to give the guy a ride home one day. And the guy said, listen, I'm going in my house. I'm going to go get these books, and I'm going to give them to you. He read this book, and he's given a copy to every single member of our family. Wow. Not because it teaches you Buddhism, but it teaches you the beauty of every moment and how you can access that at any time for no cost. And that's the magic of mindfulness, right? Right. And you cultivate that energy of mindfulness by practice, practicing meditation. And that's, you know, where beautiful individuals as yourself come in, right? Because not everybody can figure that out. I've been trying to figure out how to meditate forever. Brian, we were just called beautiful. I know. <laughs> yes. I'm all giddy. <laughs> <laughs> life, life through the lens of mindfulness. It's all beautiful. And you really can see how well, how wonderful. I mean, some of it's doom. Some of it, yeah, some of it's pretty dark and nasty. But uh, welcome to mindfulness of doom, Marianne, <laughs> where we talk about the dark, the existential dread, the anxiety, the doubts, and and, and the love, and the love, and the peace, and all of it. 
So tell me more about this book. <laughs> Pieces Every Step is a book that you should read once through, and then it's a reference book. You can open it up anytime, any day, and get a beautiful little message of how to meditate while doing dishes, how to deal oh with... Oh boy, mm-hmm. do I you know remember that meditating and doing dishes? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Well, I used to be the pot washer in a kitchen, and let me tell you, mindfulness doing dishes would have been so helpful then, because mm-hmm. it was drudgery. It was drudgery, and I would have actually enjoyed it and not wasted that time of my life hmm. being upset about cleaning pots. Yeah, I, I went through 10 years of working in a kitchen in a restaurant before I realized that this is so zen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like an opportunity to meditate at every corner. And yeah. I love doing dishes. <laughs> I I've do always too. loved I doing still dishes hate doing for that dishes, reason. But I love sweeping now. Sweeping has oh. become my zen practice. Oh, nice. Because uh, I get to move. When Movement I'm washing is dishes, so I have to stand still, and it hurts my back, and then my hands get all wrinkly, and my skin peels, and I got. We this gotta really teach him. You can God. dance while doing dishes, honey. Yeah, bro. Yeah, but I, I got this degenerative disc disease, and I gotta. I have to alternate standing and sitting and moving around. And when I'm sweeping, when I sweep by the couch, I can sit on the couch and slide <laughs> over while I'm sweeping the floor, and then stand up a bit and move to the next couch, and then slide over while sleeping. While I'm sleeping. getting this visual of you just dragging your ass along your couch cushions, and that is making it's me how I very uncomfortable. He's <laughs> yeah. doing two things at I've, once. I've slept on that couch. Are you I put I put Swiffer pads on my butt and just whoop right across the couch that's disgusting <laughs> my butt's clean and brilliant I'm not naked when I do it <laughs> one must always clean one's house while naked I have roommates and students that live what? with me so why is that a problem not appro- yeah, that's appropriate yeah, I don't see, no I mean just put it in the agreement for the, for the students and the because yeah. that way everything's clean I'll turn my house into a nudist colony oh a nudist MG. monastic Nudist monastic yeah, a nudist lifestyle program. Nudist semi-monastic Buddhist humanistic monastic life program. <laughs> I'm not going to create an acronym for that. Say yes. that again twice. It's going to have a couple monastics in it. <laughs> a couple too many. Gymnastics. Um, naked, gy- naked gymnastics. It's yeah. the nastic yeah. program. Oh, Twister. That'll be a fun game for you oh, guys yeah. to play. I played Twister uh, a month, about a month ago for the first time in like a decade. Oh, okay, I was about to say, not for the first time ever. No, no. But I went to a party. Uh, I went to somebody's birthday party, and I, I was the oldest person there uh, and did not know that I would be the oldest person there, but I assumed that I would be. Was this and a college party? Like, what did you what did you go to? It was just a birthday party. Oh, okay. And, but I didn't know it was a birthday party. It was somebody who was like, hey, come by. We're having tacos. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was Olivia's thing. I showed thing. up and yeah, and then it was a birthday party and it was cool. We had a lot of fun. Uh, and then at a certain point, some people were like, "We're playing Twister," and they went across <laughs> the street to Target to buy Twister to come back so we could all play it. And I'm like, "Man, guys, I'm I'm six foot three and two hundred and forty pounds. I am not a tiny person. <laughs> it's really hard to play Twister with me." And they're like, "Oh, what? Why? You chicken?" I'm like, "No, because." I'm just. I'll crush you. Yeah, if you, you fall you, on somebody, it's over. I, I'm the the martial arts Zen master. Let's do this. And then <laughs> there was like two yoga teachers there, and they're like, "Bring it!" And so we all did it. And it was like all the, you know, the, um, you know, the others who were genuinely interested. You know, yes. they're like, "Oh yeah, let's play Twister." Yeah, they were they were stomped. They're like, not not. It was happening. like yoga versus karate, and um, it was awesome. <laughs> and I gracefully lost in the grand championship oh, of, wow. of Twister for that event. The grand championship. Yeah, we of went. Twister. We did like a lot of rounds. Wow. Competition is fun. Always adding competition gets a little bit more out of people. Yeah. Healthy. I used to work in the um, tournament fighting industry in martial arts, and I worked at the U.S. Open World Martial Arts Championship held in Orlando every year in Disney World in the uh, Coronado Springs Resort. And uh, there's like 10,000 people that go to that event. It's like 3,000 competitors and like 7,000 spectators. ESPN comes and films it. Um, I think I've watched that before, actually. Yeah, it's like if you watch, you know, occasionally you're watching ESPN 8, the Ocho, and uh, Obscure Sports Quarterly comes on and you get to watch all the (laughs) people spinning plastic, shiny sticks around and pretending like they're real weapons. Um, And and it is an amazing competition. Uh, but it is a competition more of athleticism and performance or skill than it is of martial discipline. Mm. Um, 
at least in my opinion. And and I had a good time while I was working there, but I I don't train sport fighters anymore, um, and I'm not in that industry anymore. It, it, I'm glad it exists, but it's not for me, and it's not the kind of thing that I want to teach my students because it's like, all right, what do you what do you get out of? You get a lot out of training really hard, and you get a lot out of. Uh, learning to compete against others, but there's so much toxicity in yeah. sports and in competition. The, the good parts of competition, I feel, get overwhelmed by the vast majority of uh, enthusiastic nationalism that comes out of <laughs> my team versus your team. Yeah. You know. Well, then, then we take it personally. I think this is the thing where people are not aware that competition is a value, and they let it run them or they get carried away with it versus like showing up to something and being aware that it is a competition and it is a game Mm -hmm. and it is on top of just neutral existence just empty and meaningless life yeah you're doing something hey like let's all get together for a weekend and uh, decide to play a game called competition and we won't take it too seriously to the point where we try to kill each other. Yeah. Right? Like, that would course, be nice. Of course, now we're getting how I get to tell this story. Of course, the last time I went, I had a gun pulled on me while I was there. Yeah, that's wow. a problem. Was it a, was it a shiny plastic gun that someone <laughs> no. could whip around really fast? It, it was okay. a real gun. So I'm going to go ahead and tell this story because it's uh, an interesting That's an one. interesting so, start to the story. Because I, I have never... I, so... There's this thing in martial arts community where you have to be, you know, like respectful and disciplined and you learn about perseverance and honor and that kind of thing. And I believe that most of the people who put the signs up in their school with those on them truly believe that they are teaching those things uh, or at least they're increasing exposure to those things. And I think that's important. But there there is a certain amount of bravado and, uh, you know, manly... Uh, testosterone pissing contests that go along in some martial arts gyms not all uh, and it depends on the the area if you're in a traditional kung fu gym you're uh, you're less likely to find that than you are if you're in like a Mixed MMA you know kind of sweaty bodies beating up on each other just for the fun of it kind of a gym but uh, it doesn't sound like something that I would want to do for the fun of it it, it is quite fun, to, to be honest. But sweaty bodies playing Twister, yes. Sweaty bodies beating each other up in a gym. It's really the same thing. Mm. It's, you know, that's why I'm so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, but you did but lose I, to the I, yoga teacher. Right. So I, I, I don't really uh, mean to disparage any particular uh, dojo or training school out there because it really depends. It's all case by case. There's good people everywhere. There's shitty people everywhere. And um, I encountered one of these shitty people while I was working there. Um, it actually wasn't in the event. It was outside of the event. There was a guy who we got in, for whatever reason, after the event, we got into his truck and we were going somewhere. And he, like, op- he, he opens his glove box to show everybody the gun that he has. And I'm, like, in the back seat going, what, the f- what is this guy doing? Why is he doing this? Like, why is he just, like bragging and showing off his He's gun. driving and pulling the gun? No, no, we're parked. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But, like, he... I felt like he just kind of wanted to, to show everybody. We had had a, a discussion earlier at the bar, and I don't think he, he, he enjoyed that, where that discussion went. But, I mean, it was just a neutral discussion. It wasn't a big deal. But later, I felt like he, he wanted to show that he had it. Mm. Uh, and then he got pretty drunk. Now, this guy is not a martial artist. He does not train with us, but he was a friend of one of the people who trained in my school. And uh, he lost his temper with me later when we're all sitting around in the hot tub. Like, I didn't even bring a bathing suit. I'm sitting around in my boxers. Wait, did this guy bring a gun to a hot tub? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He threatened to. That's like bringing a gun to Twister. So what, what (laughs) what it turns out is that he thought that when we were at the bar earlier and I was like, teasing and and joking around with these girls that I work with every day like I know them like I was teasing with them because somebody sitting next to me goes oh what's your name and I said oh I'm Corey and they're like oh are you the owner because Corey Schaefer right you is, worked for Corey yeah yeah he was one of the um, he was the president of the International Sport Karate Association and I I kind of rolled my eyes and jokingly said yeah yeah I'm the owner saying it to the people that I work with who also work for for Corey and yeah. like it's 
it's clear as day that I'm joking. Yeah. And I'm also like 21 years old at the time. There's no way that anybody in their right mind would would get that like that I was being serious. You were like, far advanced for your age, young one. So this guy <laughs> apparently overheard this and thought that I was trying to lie to these women to oh. like hit on them. And I was just teasing with the guy next to me. Like I wasn't like I wasn't even trying to hit on them. I was just messing with the guy sitting next to me. Like, oh yeah, I'm the owner. I'm 21 years old. Yeah. And the guy thought that I. I guess he just thought that I was being like, uh, you know, dirty dog. Or, yeah. I don't. I don't know. He. He. I guess his. Uh, you know, white knighting got ahead of him, and he had to you know stand up for their their honor or whatever. And so we're sitting there in the hot tub, and he's just like, I don't like your attitude. You talk, you run your mouth. I'm going to go get my gun. And I'm like, dude, I'm oh, wow. not going to fucking fight you. Like, I'm sitting here in a hot tub in my underwear with some of the best fighters in the world sitting around us. Dude, we're having a good time, man. Like, but I wasn't having any of it. I wasn't I wasn't going to kowtow to him or anything like that. I was sitting down. But I was so ready to drown that guy in the pool if he came at me. <laughs> like, but it, it just, he, I think he... I don't know. It's just one of it's those kind of altercations where the competition gets overblown. And he wasn't a competitor, as far as I know. And he wasn't... Maybe he practiced martial arts somewhere else, but not in the school that I was in. But, um, yeah, there was just this tremendous misunderstanding mm. from a guy who felt really insecure and needed to impress everybody by showing his capability to murder people with a gun just by showing that he had it like I, I don't know I don't, I don't understand those kind of people but I think competition kind of brings the worst that that element of like I'm better than you kind of competition is I think really toxic Corey you know what we need to take care of bad guys with guns um, good guys with guns oh my god <laughs> Oh well, actually, actually, <laughs> I don't think so. Unless that gun actually is say that on mindfulness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, Brian. You're wrong. <laughs> Bad Brian. <laughs> Marianne, where's the newspaper? Roll it up. <laughs> no, actually. Ow, no, ow, 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 stop, stop, stop. <laughs> there is no violence going on. Um, with, with competition, I really like if the integrity is there, right? And that's important because you have the best coming out of people. That's what I mean about competition. Yeah. Competition is about bringing it, being your best self. And it's really like, um, what is it? You're channeling the universal energy when you're at your best. When you're in your flow, you actually are flowing with everything. And the universe is coming. At, and that's why right. you see such great athletic feats when people aren't so caught up in the ego. Yeah. And they're just in the flow. Mm, yeah. And you see the most amazing, like Michael Jordan for sure is in the flow when he did some of that crazy stuff, you know? And it's, and it's clear from the perspective of the audience, right? And the spectators when somebody is really doing their best and the integrity. When there's outside influences that aren't coming at it with integrity and with the authenticity of the goal of doing your best, then yeah, then comes in ego. Right, because the void of the fear comes in, and you're afraid to lose. Versus, I'm going to do my best. I don't care if I lose. I'm doing my best. Right. right. I think, and then and the the best competitors are focused on themselves. They don't care about what everybody else is doing. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's I think that's where most people get lost in it, um, or at least in my opinion, where people get lost in it is that it's easier with competition that isn't competitive in the sense that it's not, you know, you versus another human being, but it's you versus yourself or you versus the environment of the game competing against another human being who's also competing against themselves or the environment of the game. Mm. For example, uh, a fantastic martial art. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Golf. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's just you and the ball. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you got the elements around you and it's all about how you hit the ball. Um I studied a Japanese swordsmanship for about five years, and uh, when I was learning in Japan, I, I realized that the one of the only one of the, the few topics I can really connect 
uh, with and talk about really openly about with my dad is golf because he's really into golf and I'm really into swinging swords and they're so similar. Because <laughs> like, another opportunity to misconstrue what Corey said. Mm. Swinging swords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys not while playing Twister. Not while playing Twister. No. <laughs> No, that's 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 dangerous, Brian. Oh my goodness, everything's fun. Yeah, <laughs> certainly playing with swords is. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> well, now we know where you stand on the topic. Oh yeah, play with swords all day long. Yeah. fun. Good. We we need to have more women in this world who enjoy playing with swords. I agree. Yeah. The truth is that they are out there. Yes, they're just afraid to say it. Yeah, there was a couple uh, who competed with me uh, when I was in Japan. But, but the thing about um, the particular sword style that I'm talking about is Iaido, which is the art of the fast draw. Mm-hmm. It, uh, e means existence, and I means to meet, and Do means oh, the wow. way. It is the way of meeting your existence. Because oh, they do not use fun. wooden swords. They use real metal swords, and uh, there's no armor. So it, it's all about the perfection of the swing because there's no human being standing in front of you because they're not, you know, insane. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, they, the, it's, the art becomes this, what, what they sometimes refer to as a true martial art, which is extremely pretentious. But <laughs> it, it is, it is uh, in a way, their argument makes sense in that because it is no longer has a modern application, you can focus completely on the art of it. Mm. And the martial aspect of it is incidental. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Yaido is all about the perfect swing and making... Um, so there's no opponent standing in front of you. You're swinging into the air. And so when you compete, you're competing against yourself. You're actually Whereas killing the air. Something, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas something like Kendo, they wear armor and they hit each other with wooden, with bamboo swords. Right, which, which like, is I've a different done that, skill and set. And that's a blast. And it's fun. Oh, my God. There's <laughs> so many bloody knuckles. Yeah. Oh, wow, that yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Getting hit in the knuckles is like the worst. So like that that kind of competition is 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 kind of what I'm talking about. Right. When you have person against person, I totally agree with you. I agree with everything you said. That there is a spirit of competition, and it's good as long as you have the integrity. Um, and I, but I think the integrity is harder to teach. It's harder to learn, and a lot of people are still in the starting areas of the game when it comes to learning integrity. Yeah. I won't say they have no integrity, but it's something, it's a skill set they have not cho- chosen to invest their time in and have not seen the benefits of integrity. And I think a lot of people who miss out on that lesson, who get too far into life, end up doing things they, when they finally have power and money, they, they end up hurting people. Mm-hmm intentionally or unintentionally because they don't have integrity and i think this is one of the th- one of the things that i, I want to point out about the here on the podcast mindfulness of doom mindfulness of doom is to, to point out that little bit of like hey it's risky out there and if you don't have a personal path if you don't have a way of living your life and have a referent object of things that are important to you and things that you revere such as honesty and integrity and you know yeah right mindfulness yes right thought right concentration right view Right, right, and and to say to use the word right is not to mean like the moral right, right? It's not the difference between right and wrong. It's it's just like, um, and it's not even I can't you can't even use the word proper. It's just it, it's integrity it's based. Way. It's it's what works for the good of you as a spirit, or what works for the good of humanity. Yeah. Um, how can we all get along together and you be responsible for it? All beings, not just humanity. Right. Yeah, so so to make sure that those ideas are down on video, on audio. I love you guys so much. You just make me so happy. We didn't make you do anything, okay? I made myself happy by choosing to be here with you. Isn't that amazing? That's free. Free happiness? Mm -hmm. Where do I buy that? We should have signed up with her a long time ago. (laughs) (sighs) Show me where. It's up. Look up. Look look inside, buddy. <laughs> Invert look, the eyeballs. Keep looking deeper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Find it. It's right in the cockles. Maybe oh. in the sub-cockle region. Mm-hmm. It's there. The, um, the cockles of your heart, they glow and they expand and they radiate loving energy. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like you're soaring through the clouds. And suddenly you burst through a magnificent waterfall. 
This and is my meditation. Inside the cavern. Recording? Happen upon your future self standing there holding an object. Ooh. Whenever he does this, I just let him let him, l- go. Let him go. Nine times out of ten, it's just empty rambling, but every once in a while, he gets it spot on, and it's just like there's this, like... I liked that. There's this moment where I'm like, this man, this man is faking it, but he just hit it on the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I ever guide a meditation like that, it's totally bullshit coming from me, by the way. Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, funny. it's not all bullshit. I mean, it's... It is. It's, it's, it's not bullshit. It's, like, it's not, not bullshit. bullshit. You're channeling. You're, you are... I guess, I, I, but I don't do the feel-good stuff. Yeah, I don't do the feel-good no, stuff like, either. Yeah. But, but it's sometimes... I don't. I don't want to call it bullshit because it, it undervalues what it is that you're actually doing. Like yeah, the yeah, words yeah, stop being important so much as it is the um, the feeling you create in the room, and yes. sometimes yeah. it is necessary to give the audience what they want a little bit, even if it isn't what they need, simply to get them in the mood, and then you give them what they need. Because they're expecting you to behave in a certain way. The right. bait and switch. Yeah, well, I'm a crazy Zen master. At, well, I'm a crazy Zen fake master. And when I want to get out there and teach people, sometimes they, I need to play the part a little bit. You know, that's true. Throw tea at them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's really going to get buy-in. I threw a book at a, at a wall once and uh, to, to prove a point about a, um, about a Zen story. And the students were all really shocked. And I asked them, this feeling that you have right now, describe it. And they're like, uh, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. Like, that's not a feeling. And then I went to the next person. I'm like, this, this feeling that you're having right now, describe it. Go. It's like, I'm kind of nervous and worried, and I'm not really sure what's going on. Stop I'm yelling like, at me. I'm like, ah, you could have been a Zen master. You missed it. <laughs> and uh, the book that I threw was When Buddhists Attack. Yes. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't. I didn't throw it at anybody. I, at I the threw wall. it at the wall. But but I threw it at the wall at a at a very teachable moment, because I wanted them to have a shock and then ask them what the shock felt like, mm. uh, because it it was important for them to have a real emotion they could latch onto instead of just me going, think about what it likes to feel happy. Yeah. Now examine that feeling. Like if they're not actually feeling it at the moment, not some people can conjure that up. Yeah, some, some can self-generate can. it, but most people right. most like people can't. Not, not, not on the first day, right? Anyway. So, so not when easy. you're doing a day one Zen class and you let everyone, <laughs> I let everyone. Actually, we've told the story of mindfulness of doom before huh. with Professor William Colachico. William Colachico. Uh, I guess that episode was um, that was episode four. The what well, we did the live that was the death meditation. The yeah episode yes where we what? talked about uh um, sounds cool death meditation is what was cool it called? uh partial monks monk monkhood um uh, levels of monkhood the uh, varying degrees of monkhood the varying degrees of monkhood part one yes 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 so um yeah but th- i shocked the students by providing a loud noise after having given no instruction for about 15 minutes all the students walked into the classroom and I was sitting on the desk meditating with the lights off, playing weird Tibetan chanting music. And everybody was like, okay. Because it was a Japanese sociology class. They weren't really, really like expecting that. a guest teacher who was all, you know. Abstract. And he's sitting yeah. there with the beads and the hair is everywhere. Right. And, and yeah. I've pushed all the desks. To, I'm sorry. I've pushed all the desks to the back of the room and turned them all around. So, like, there's no space for them to sit. So they have to sit on the floor. And for the first minute or two, people are playing with their phones. But then as class starts, people slowly start to get it. Mm. And somebody starts to sit down. And then they start meditating. And they just get in the same posture I'm in. And after about 15 minutes and everybody's there, everybody's been sitting for, like, 10 minutes. Nobody's checking their phone anymore. Everyone's just doing it. They've That's had awesome. zero instruction just watching me do this thing they started to do it and i waited long enough for them to really get into it and not just okay i'm bored of sitting here but like they were breathing calmly and smoothly and they were really into the practice and they got a an experience of meditation without needing instruction and then I gave them a very visceral experience when I took the book and hit it against the wall. Oh, this was before bringing them out of meditation? That's Th- how this is how I brought them out of meditation. <laughs> oh, I picked up the book and s- hit it against the wall and went bang, bang, bang. And then everyone looked up, shocked, and I said, why are you all just sitting there? <laughs> 
And they were like, oh my God, what we're is so going confused. on? But the question I asked was serious, and I meant it. Yeah. Why are you sitting there? Answer. What, what is the answer here? And so, like, I hop off the, d- the desk, and I crouch down in front of one of the students. Not, not you know, getting too close, but close, getting to eye level. And I get right in there, like, this feeling that you're having right now. Describe it. Go. <laughs> and she's like, uh. Uh, and I was like, shock. You could have been a Zen master. You missed it. <laughs> That's um, so cool. I love and that. And then I, I went around to several of the students, gave them a chance to kind of describe that feeling of what they were having. And like this visceral feeling, like that feeling that you're having right now, that's a real feeling. You were having it now. You were experiencing it now. Zen is the non-textual transmissions of the teachings of the Buddha, the Dharma, from master to student. My name is Master Corey Hardacre, and I'm going to teach you about Zen. And that's how I started the I class. I like that. Of course, yeah. I'm not a master. I just said it because I was giving totally the, the, the crazy moment. Zen master presentation. But when, hey man, when make I it first, till you make it. When I first met Corey, he had introduced himself as Master Corey Hardiger I, several I, I times. Did, I did not. And then I, and then I just <laughs> I started calling him always, Master Corey Hardiger. And I would introduce him to people. And he would always get offended. Dude, I'm, you can't, you can't you call him Master. That. You can't do that. You're I'm misusing not, I'm not the term. master. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's kind of like, I can call me a master, but you can't call me a master. <laughs> Interesting. It's, it's kind of uh, it's, uh, it's kind the, of a one way street, isn't it? It's, it's master it's, prejudice. It's the M word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no. It's actually we opened. I would like to do a callback because um, somebody mentioned this to me once. I made that joke, that same joke, on episode one of Mindfulness of Doom for mm-hmm. long, long, long term listeners, and it didn't come off well because I don't have an audience. And normally the joke comes off as like it's obviously a joke, and then uh, since we didn't have a live audience, it just didn't it didn't translate in audio. <laughs> And then people mentioned to me later, like, wow, that sounded really pretentious of you. And I was like, well, uh, the joke didn't land. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it was a bad joke. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not a master. Uh, I, I am a person, <laughs> I'm a dude who is... Been, not the dude. I'm not the dude, uh, but I have dressed as the dude. You would make a good dude. I, I won a cost. No, I didn't win a costume. You I, have the height I went to presence. a costume contest as the dude. And the only time anyone has ever bought me a drink at a bar that was not a friend, that was a stranger that just walked up and gave me a drink, was a dude who bought a white Russian for me when he saw me get out of the car dressed as the dude. And by the time I opened the door to the bar, he had already had it in his hand and he thrust it out to me and he goes, the dude cannot be without a white Russian. That's amazing. I was like... Thank you, universe. I was like, dude, (laughs) that's amazing. And I told him, uh, I'm I'm very thankful for you. You are the first person who has ever bought me a drink at a bar. And uh, I don't remember if anyone's done so since. That wasn't like somebody I was hanging out with and we were, you know, sharing rounds. Right. And this is a complete stranger. Yeah. Who became your best friend. Yeah. You manifested that. Um. You brought the dude, the inspiration, and the inspiration went on to others. Yes. But, uh, yeah, the dude is a, is a good inspiration for me. I don't know if anyone else has read The Dude and the Zen Master. No. It is a book by Jeff Bridges, the actor that plays the dude. Oh, uh, cool. From, uh, th- this is the, the movie is the, the Big Lebowski. That's a Coen Brothers film. And uh, he has an actual Zen Master. And so him, the actor, Jeff Bridges, and the Zen Master... Uh, actually talk about the movie and talk about how certain parts of the movie and certain attitudes of the main character are kind of in line with Zen teachings. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they talked about them. And it's an interesting book. It's not like super deep or anything, but it's it's clever and I like it. That's so cool. Well, I finally remembered why I brought up Light on Life by BKS Iyengar. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I just... That's a shout back. No, Guys, that was like 40 minutes ago. I derailed I you so hard. Yeah, I'm really like glad that you came minutes. back to it. I'm sorry about that. Please, <laughs> please so, enlighten us. So I drive a lot because I'm between here and Vero with the center. So I cheat. I'm being totally honest. I she listen listens to our to podcast. Books. She does. I listen to your podcast and I listen <gasps> to books. Because um, I don't have enough time to read sometimes, and I really I, I get all these great books that I want to I feel read. so hurt and jealous that you cheat on us with books. I mean, like, look, where's the real learning here? Separate the ego. 
<laughs> okay, speaking of ego, I have to interrupt you to tell this one story. I'm going to let you finish. Story. I'm going to uh, lose go it. No, I'm going to lose Corey, it. Corey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm just thought this finish. is a really cool thought, and I really recommend this book, and there's so many wonderful books out there talking about masters and teachers and how important it is to get that richness of others learning. Um, he talks about how when we begin to ask others what we should do, what should I eat? Oh, I, you know, I should practice yoga. Let me go learn yoga to feel better. And then, you know, I don't really know what I should be eating. Maybe I should read this book and learn the paleo diet and all this other stuff. And um, he's talking about the power of yoga and the eight limbs of yoga or the eight petals of yoga. And he goes into the different ones and Hatha is the physical practice. Um, but he's basically saying, and I'm really paraphrasing here, but I like the teaching here, is that when you have a practice and you commit to essentially connecting with yourself and the source and universe, right? So you do something to do that. You cultivate it through meditation or a physical yoga practice. That's your way of getting centered, of cultivating that energy of mindfulness and presence. Your mind and your body are connected and you awaken intuition, universal knowledge, universal intelligence. You don't need to ask anybody what you should be eating, you know. And he kind of bookends that with the concept of how animals would laugh at us, that we need to go to books to learn how to be, what to eat, what to do, because they just are. They're so in sync that they just wake up and they do everything that they have to do and they live their life to the fullest. Whereas humans have distanced themselves and kind of we almost outsource hmm. our sense of self and our presence and our well-being and look to others who have learned it, which is great, but you get to the point, if you really commit to your practice, if you really commit to figuring it out, knowing yourself, loving yourself unconditionally, and being present with yourself and everything, acceptance and surrender, that your intuition is there for you. And every cell in your body is gonna tell you if it needs water, if it needs sleep, what you should be eating, and you know, really guiding yourself. That's what we want to get to. Self-realization is when you just know because you just are. And so that was the BKS Iyengar thought that I wanted to share with you guys, which kind of dovetailed off of what we were talking about in terms of teaching and coaching and mindfulness and being present um, and how this stuff should be free. Yeah. Should be. Should be. But if, they, if you feel that you would like to contribute, <laughs> because Mindfulness of Doom is a free podcast. You can it's reach out to us and leave a donation at patreon.com slash mindfulness of doom. You guys are the best. <laughs> You're going to have to cut out. I said that wrong like 30 times already. It's, we accept. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, so to go back briefly to talking about the ego and the self gratification that comes along with recognizing that your consciousness knows that you have an ego the fame has gotten to my head oh wow and uh, I've noticed. I, I would have to say that that while <laughs> shopping in whole foods this oh, week man. not only is he shopping at whole foods but this other thing happened he's about to describe yeah well i i already actually, pretentious yes i so pretentious dude excuse me i am a Publix fanatic uh, and uh, sorry to hear that. Aside yeah, from, feel sorry for you. Yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> I don't feel sorry for me. Public <laughs> subs are way better than anything that they sell at Whole Foods. Yeah. Public subs are really good, and right. Whole Foods does not sell organic and, prepared and, food. And Whole Foods is also like ridiculously expensive. So I want to date with this girl, and we end up having. She ends up wanting to buy food so we can cook uh, dinner, and we're at Whole Foods, and she says, "Hey, go get um, organic dill," and I go up and ask the store clerk and they hey do you have organic dill and the guy goes oh yeah it's right over are you the guy from that doom podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh. he's like yeah you're the meditation teacher on the doom podcast right and i'm like oh, 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 oh my god oh my god oh my god i mean recognize the street it was i i fangirled out at my I own yourself. self <laughs> being 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 recognized Object observer right there right um and uh, he had uh, a, he had met me once at a meditation class that I was teaching, and um, somebody I think he, he got my card or I gave him the card, or, but he he knew he knew that like I was doing the the thing, and I was like, oh my goodness, I, I, I we have a, I met a listener, <laughs> like 
that's like a big moment for us, you know? Like, well, Ryan, we've made you're it. Doing yeah, it with dude. integrity. Well, that was like um, when you're really helping someone. That feels so amazing. Yeah, but just just to, to finish the story, just for a moment, the um, my my date is a singer, and uh, not five minutes after I was recognized for my. Uh, one fan. <laughs> um, hashtag one fan. Hashtag one fan. That guy, that guy was awesome. Um, hey, if you're listening to the show and you're the guy at Whole Foods, uh, you're awesome. Thank you for listening to the show. Um, Good job getting his name, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> he has so many I'm fans so he can't even keep track. I'm so I'm bad. I don't even remember his name, and I podcast him every week. <laughs> yeah, most Who of the that? time, most of the time, I'm just new hey, phone. Who hey, is? Hey, you with with the with the mic. I want to say I want to say his name was Anthony, yeah. or it starts with an A. Adam it starts with an A. It's Alex. Not You're a wonderful person, and thank you for giving Corey love. Yes. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for making me guys make me feel like an asshole, guys. I was, you know, A is for asshole. Yeah. I I came full circle there. I'm really bad at remembering people's names. I'm really bad at remembering people who... So your date? Yeah. She got recognized, like, not five minutes after I did. Oh, okay. And this okay. dude came up to her, and he was like, Oh, my God, you! I listened to your album. And, you know, she was like, Oh, my God, thank you. And that They had played music together at some point in the past, and it was been a long time since they'd seen each other. And it was, like, it was just funny that both of us got recognized, like, right after the other. You might have needed it. My ego certainly felt like it needed it. It's because, you know, it's just we record this podcast here alone in the studio and every week. you just week. don't know what's going on. And it's in just us two and the guest. And then the guest leaves and then we feel abandoned and lonely. You feel until abandoned. Until the next week. I was about to say, then you meditate, you connect with the universal consciousness right. and you're never and alone. And then I manifest a new podcast guest. Ta-da! Hey! <laughs> I like that story. That's the story of Corey's ego. I needed a shopping cart to bring it around, which is why the story happened in a supermarket. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's, it's, it's not very good for his back. It is not. Actually, I can lean on the cart, Yeah, which is helpful. Brian? Yep. Guess what? What, what? What's that? I got bad news for you. What? We have used up all of our time oh no and we didn't really do the small talk thing today actually we did do the small talk thing today we it was, kind of, talk. It was yeah. kind of interspersed it's, throughout yeah. the episode but unfortunately we are out of time and i think it it might be time for us to remind marianne that uh hey, we're, we're all gonna, gonna die, die. <laughs> no one gets out alive and nobody gets out alive so yeah. let's cut the small talk and get right to the important things in life marianne what are you doing that is so awesomely amazing that we had you on the podcast for and what can you tell everyone about it because you are awesome and amazing and how can they reach you and and what do you yeah tell us about your your plug, deal plug, your plug the things yeah plug, plug the, the plug. things okay well thank you that was a very kind and warm introduction um okay let me let me get real here so i have always really really been profoundly concerned about the environment about people's happiness and I my whole life since I was a little girl wanted to do that I wanted to make people happy I wanted to take care of the environment I love animals and being outdoors so that was a common theme for myself right I knew that that was something like I never lost that feeling but then as I grew up right I was told okay well you need to make something of yourself get a job and be successful and both of my parents uh, are entrepreneurs so there was that spirit there but honestly all I ever wanted to do and I kept telling this to people I was like I want to travel I want to cook and eat food and make food for people and help animals and go around the world and make everybody happy and that never left but it became a little bit more refined right so fast forward I'm in college I find um, this amazing mentor I actually had three mentors um, one mentor, Professor Mari T- uh, Mary Tabaki, who's the one that actually inspired me to do what I'm doing now, um, and two other professors. So Mary was um, the teacher of a course in spa resort development and management and corporate wellness. And mm-hmm. so I went really deep with her on learning about East Asian medicine, holistic prevention, and how we can really live our lives to the fullest if we focus on making sure that we have the elements in our life as a practice 
right, that we dedicate to being well, that we dedicate that time to finding physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And so that sparked the idea 16 years ago to create access for prevention for East Asian um, practices and modalities and what we now call holistic medicine, integrative medicine, uh, complementary alternative medicine. A lot of these different names and titles are just speaking about very ancient practices that have been around and they're essentially the way that we engage with life to the fullest. So 16 years ago, sitting in the office with my mentor and come up with this idea for health and wellness centers. Now my other two mentors, wonderful people, there's Giuseppe Pizzotti, who's the eternal Italian like MC. This guy walks into a room and he knows everybody's name. And he had just met you and he will remember your story for the rest of his life. And so he taught me about hospitality and service. Hmm. And our mantra... Um, what was his name again? I already forgot. Giuseppe Pizzotti. Ah. If he meets you, he would never forget your name. Well, if I meet him, I'll definitely forget his. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty <laughs> unforgettable. And so he, he no, really I'm instilled... just very forgetful. <laughs> he really instilled um, a lot of that essence of the importance of taking care of people and creating experiences that are meaningful. That's what the hospitality industry is all about. Mm. And my third mentor, um, Professor David Stepanek, was an engineer, totally spoke to my analytical nerd in me, and he taught sustainable development. So between the three of them, I kind of got this trifecta of um, guidance and inspiration to create spaces that gave people access to really having a enriching, loved, communal experience that helps them to be their best selves, right? And so the environment plays into that, connecting indoor-outdoor spaces, respecting the resources and the people that we depend on to deliver those experiences and services, so constantly being mindful of that and present. Um, and then obviously with the wellness services, like bringing in different ways for people to experience that. And then obviously the hospitality element is what makes it fun feeding people, celebrating, helping them to celebrate. So um, slightly over-talked that, but essentially that's what happened for me to really start on this path to creating the company that I have now. So my company is called um, Alma, A-L-M-A, which is Spanish for soul. Also very similar to, um, in Hindu, they call the soul Atma. So I just found that it was a very universal and beautiful uh, name, but it really speaks to why I'm doing what I'm doing. So Alma is a lifestyle company and I go out there with Alma Community is really the brand that I'm putting out there. And it's a platform. It's a platform for individuals and organizations to connect with the best in global healing. And how do I do that? Well, over 16 years, I have forged relationships in different places that I lived around the world and in my former life as a private equity real estate finance girl. Uh, just constantly talking to people and meeting and saying, this is what I want to do with my life. What do you do? What's your inspiration? What's your passion? And connecting with people that have these beautiful, this beautiful light that they want to share. So artists, meditation teachers, mindfulness teachers, um, physical therapists, uh, massage therapists, people that are doing all these different things to help people heal. And I wanted to help them to connect with more people. So having physical places and experiences where you can connect with more people and it being accessible, I think that's a big problem. I've watched the health and wellness industry grow over the past 16 years, and it's become a luxury, right? You have to pay to play. You have to pay to learn all these ancient practices that are meant to be there so that we can all be the best versions of ourselves, our true selves. So ultimately, what I really want to get to through Alma Community, which is essentially co-creating global wellness and connectivity um, to make that free for people. I want that to be an accessible. So that's really what drives the importance of having a physical space. Um, so people can just arrive there. You don't have to pay to be there. You're just there and you're experiencing the energy of the place. And then um, really offering people access. So by changing the language, I find that many times healers have a hard time conveying their message to different people because they might really click with, you know, a divorcee 
and she's already lived her life and she started on yoga and, and is learning about self-realization and is on her spiritual journey. So it might be easier to connect with her and say, hey, do you want to try you know, some acupuncture or maybe do you want to try um, integrating some different foods into your diet to really clean your system? Some people are still in the mix and they don't even know that they're asleep. They don't even know that they're not living their best life because they're busy chasing after all of the goals, right? One goal is accomplished, go to the next one. I need to have a career, I need to have the children, I need to have a car, I need to travel, I need to do all these things to be happy. So dial that back to why I created this company because I want to aggregate, right? I want to bring all these different healers who speak to people in a different way, help to create a voice that's just out there in the world saying, hey, you can actually connect with amazing healers in different ways, right, that speak to you and start on your own path. And whether that's through art and, you know, learning how to paint or going on a photography excursion or actually participating in a meditation class. All those different things. You can get it through food, you can get it through reading books, and you can get it through just being in a physical place in the natural environment, which is one of the biggest, most important healers we have. And she's on our side, and she's around us at all times. And, and you have a physical space already prepared and one that you're working on right now. Yes. We've seen it. Yeah, we've, we've been, been there. there. <laughs> and we envisioned ourselves lining students up along the pier that goes out into the river. Oh, and man. making them sit and bake in the sun while watching the light reflect off the waves for hours. <laughs> I mean, this this is the doom side of us wanting to uh, torture poor souls. Um, <laughs> to pop educate, them through. Educate for, poor souls. For, for, for the greater good, of course. Of, of, course, course, of, course, of course. Always of course. thinking about yeah. that. Actually, no, the, the property is phenomenal and there's a ton oh, of you. beautiful spaces there and I'm, I'm already envisioning some like super phenomenal uh, meditation retreats that are going to happen in that space and I'm really excited to see what you do with it what we do with it yeah because again this is all about co-creating yeah so I want to go live there actually yeah yeah have at it man okay. so Alma community Brian I right? still have your tent I yeah. have to return your tent well, to you so you can go so live on her property so you've got the the two-person tent I have a ten-person tent oh that we oh, can man. set up and make a temporary structure for living <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks, on Mindfulness of Doom. Brian has nine other spots in his tent. That's if right. If you'd like to go live with so him if you'd like to be Alma part community. of the Mindful Apprenticeship of Doom at Alma Community up in Vero <laughs> Beach as we weed whack, clear, and maintain the land for uh, beautiful things to happen, please contact us at mindfulnessofdoom at gmail.com. <laughs> I love it. Marianne, how, how can our listeners reach you? Where, so, are you on the social medias? Yes. So you can uh, find more information at our website, www.almacommunity.com. Um, website's still under development. There's a lot more to come, but you can at least get connected with us and sign up. So you just put your name and your email, and from there I respond back to you directly because it's just me. <laughs> um, and also you can check us out on Instagram and on Facebook. So the Facebook page is Alma Community. So that's A-L-M-A. And um, Instagram is actually alma.community. Alma community was already taken. What? I know. It's crazy. Community of souls. That's like, I was surprised like it was who, even available. thinks of that? <laughs> so, um, so right now what I'm excited to share is that the, um, the property is a 2.3 acre property with a beautiful wooden building that's going to be a retreat center. So one day, two day, three day, three day retreats. Uh, obviously, Brian and Corey are going to be leading some amazing mindfulness meditation retreats that are conjuring a bunch of different inspirations. I could see it we already. We are well, so excited <laughs> to announce this. This has been this has been a long time coming. We, Brian and I have been giddy to let our listeners know about the the upcoming retreats that are going to be held there. We 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 held off until you were here to oh, so this is the you. first thing get to hear about it. <laughs> So we're very excited like to announce children this. playing with kittens like oh my god we were <laughs> like puppies. chomping at the bit trying to tell you guys <laughs> about the meditation and mindfulness retreats happening yes. at the alma community yeah and we don't have a solid date yet but we will no. let you know once we do uh, that will be in the works mm -hmm. we will mm -hmm. keep you posted yeah so renovations are starting in the summer and hoping to open and inaugurate the building in november december 
So uh, I think your retreats will be right along there, December, yes. January. Ooh, what better way to kick off the year? Beautiful time of the year, also. Yeah. The weather's going to be cool. It's yeah. dry and sunny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. That would be phenomenal. And we'll be and right be, next to the nature preserve oh, that's got that mangrove forest. forest and the the river ocean and the beaches and the little crabs. Yeah, all the amazing restaurants. There were so many good restaurants that we into. There were good there. restaurants. Super yeah. Good. Well, we're also going to be providing food on site. Mm. So every retreat, you know, depending on the theme and what the purpose is of the retreat, we'll have food that fits with that so it might just be an all vegan plant-based it could be just really fun grilled food yeah we could be scrounging around and eating what we find yeah you never know the fruits well, and the nuts and spiders trees and sable palms so i don't know foraging lots of roughage i mean you've got you're next to that how, how big is the nature preserve next to it 50 acres 50 acres right There's, on the water yeah uh, we can do it it took us that. like 15 minutes to walk from one end to the other yeah, meditation, mindful walks yes. in the forest. And actually, I named the forest. Did you? It's a healing forest called the Dragonfly Forest. Oh, my Ooh. God, what? Yeah, and so it's it's owned in perpetuity by a nonprofit organization, the Indian River County Land Trust, and we're partnering. We're partnering to preserve the land, to get people to connect with the land. So we're going to be making minor improvements with minimal impact to the ecosystem, but to create spaces for people to meditate, to gather, um, some little centers for people to be able to sit on platforms, uh, put some water in there, just so that you can really use the space and not feel that it's just kind of this, you know, what it is now. It's yeah. it's not 100% right now. Right now, it's beautiful as is. It but is we're beautiful going, we're as going is. going to uh, make it more uh, enjoyable for... Enhance uh, it with access. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's all about access. So mm-hmm. the way that we speak about things, the way that we present things, it's all about putting that in a place to meet people where they're at. So that's right. really what the vision of Alma community is to bring as many people as possible together that all want to shine their light and heal people, but everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. So the more of us that gather together, we're going to feed off of each other's energy. I mean, we've already experienced it, the three of us, creating, coming up with ideas. Yeah. That's what happens when you come together with integrity and authenticity. You say, we want to shine our light. We want to help more people. Mm. So if you can't make it to a life center, I've got two other ways that I'm, you know, helping people to connect. So we've got um, group travel experiences. Mm-hmm. I have a women's retreat coming up in May in the south of France. That's May 19th to the 26th. So we still have a couple spots if you want to get a Mother's Day gift or gift yourself as a woman. We will do men's retreats and mixed retreats. Because um, this is the goddess retreat. This is the goddess retreat. Yes. And it's it's eight days of really dedicating yourself and your time and your energy to knowing yourself. So uh, the underlying focus of this uh, retreat is mindfulness. And we're going to be visiting Thich Nhat Hanh's um, center of mindfulness in the south of France called Plum Village. Mm. So we're going to be building up towards that. You're going to arrive. We're going to feed you. We're, you know, in the heart of wine country, so there is wine. We're not totally agnostic to the pleasures of the modern world, mm. um, but we are encouraging. Those are my kind of retreats. Yes, yeah, so yeah. we, we can't exactly call wine a modern It's not modern. Commodity. It's a, no. So we'll, we'll let that go. Thank you. Thank yes. you for forgiving yeah. me and I <laughs> yes. misspeaking. Mis- yes, thank, thank you for not being pedantic, Brian. Y- you're welcome. Uh, English <laughs> is my second language, so, you know. Not all words are perfect. (laughs) (laughs) What is perfection? (laughs) So um, so in the retreat, right, the inspiration is really that my mom has a farm in France um, called Salva You. So Spanish, Salva, save, save yourself. And it's a place where she really found herself. The beauty of the natural space really inspired her to take time for herself. She was a mom, an entrepreneur, has her own law firm, extremely successful. And she did all that giving of herself to others, but never gave to herself. Hmm. And so when she started on that path, it really inspired me in this 16-year journey of getting to here, right? Watching other people do things for themselves inspired me. Say, okay, people are going to listen. We can get people to care. And so I was given Pistas Every Step by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, My grandfather gave that to me for my birthday, and it happens to be you know, the kind of awakening moment where I realized, oh my God, I can meditate now. I know what mindfulness really means. And it was a, it was a moment where I said, 
this is something I want to give to other people. So that was, the goddess retreat was really something that I created out of my own experience, but other group travel experiences and uh, vacations are going to be whatever else, you know, healers want to create. It's just, this one is my baby. And I really, I really wanted to dedicate it to women like my mother who uh, need a break and need to really have some introspection and have people take care of them. So we're going to be doing breath work and yoga and meditation, and we're doing workshops led by uh, Dr. Christina Casado, who's a very good friend of mine, an acupuncturist and herbalist and doctor of Chinese medicine. Uh, Linda Pedrosa, another very good friend of mine, is an amazing um, talent. She's a yoga instructor and practitioner, but she's got um, over 20 years of experience in the fitness industry and really understanding the body and physical practice and how you can use that as your tool to connecting with your true self and joy in life. So eight days, transformation, pull out all your fears, everything that's holding you back, really face them and let them go. And be present and learn that practice of mindfulness or mindful eating, mindful walking. Like they're going to be done with mindfulness after eight days. I hope not. No, not at all. But it's it's about taking it home, right? It's great that you come to the south of France or you have any of these experiences. Go to Vero Beach to the Alma Life Center up there. But the idea is really to give people the tools, the knowledge so that they can make it part of their daily life. Mm -hmm. So that we can all just be better because the secret mission here is empathy compassion and understanding and it starts with you you really have to start with the love for yourself and that's what i want to give access i really want people to have access to that that's it access to you guys access to the amazing healers that i've met over all this time and just helping you everyone to succeed because the more we help each other the more we co-create the more that we start to see the world that we want to live in and not this world that we're always complaining about I'm so grateful to you, Marianne Canero, for coming onto our show and sharing this beautiful mission with us and our listeners, and for also sharing your jovial personality <laughs> and your light and, and all of your wisdom. And it's such an amazing journey that you're on these last 16 years to finally create what you're creating. And it, it seems like you're on this steam train that is not going to stop. No, this we're not is, stopping. This is, this is happening. Get on. Get on. Get on, because no it's one's, happening. No one's allowed to get off. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody leaves. Good. So, uh, Brian, I've got... Uh, yeah? I've got, got something here. What, what do you... I got, uh, I, got, I, got, I got a thing. Did you... Uh-oh. That... Uh-oh. Y- you know what? I'm, oh, I'm no. pulling out my wallet. Oh, boy. And I'm opening my wallet. Uh, last time you did that, there was... Never mind. And I'm taking out $2... Dollars Okay. And I'm handing them to you. And I am reaching Mary- out. Marianne is, is, is witnessing this. It's exchanged hands. It it's is now in Brian's hands. hands. I'm, I'm now holding $2 bills. Brian, we now have, as of right now, an official sponsor of Mindfulness of Doom. We have an official sponsor? Yes. Who they is have it? just paid for a sponsorship right now on Mindfulness of Doom. Wait. This episode is brought to you by... CoreyDharma.com. That's right. CoreyDharma.com is now live. It's an official sponsor of Mindfulness of Doom. Corey Dharma is a teacher of the body, the spirit, and the mind. He teaches in Miami, Florida. Teaches meditation, academics, and self-defense to promote a holistic study of life and well-being. He offers an apprenticeship program modeled after Zen monastery living retreats in China. Check out CoreyDharma.com for more information. I just saw the website. It's really cool. It's really cool, and it's funny. <laughs> and like, and there's a photo of him beating up one of his students with fun noodles, and it says Corey Dharma self defense. And I saw that. I'm like, I want to take that class. <laughs> but wait, you just handed me. So funny. Wait, did you just pay ourselves two dollars to sponsor us? No, I paid you to sponsor us. I, I have now paid for a sponsorship oh. on Mindfulness of Doom. This is great. I happen to have $2 here that I would like to pay you to sponsor our podcast as well. Is that okay? Can I then give it back to you to give $4 into sponsorship? Yeah, that's, that's great. And then Could we'll just multiply it. this just become a Japanese time. gift-giving ceremony? I believe so. Yes, I think so as well. I think yes. Three hours later, the, the dollar obliga- bills are The obligation <laughs> of... So the, the money has changed hands. This podcast is also brought to you by Inner Sensei. Inner Sensei, we teach mindfulness and meditation to professionals who are feeling lost and overwhelmed in life such that they can create their life purpose and get over their shit. I like that. Yeah. 
Well, that goes really well with the corporate wellness programs we're going to be offering together, doesn't it? Absolutely. There are so many professionals who are feeling lost and like they're following an expected path and they feel like they're, maybe they're doing the right thing, but something is missing. And I work one-on-one -on -one with people who are in that position because I've been there and I know what it's like and I know how to free myself from it. And um, if you are interested in working one-on-one -on -one with me, you may contact me at brian at innersensei.com. That's brian at innersensei.com. I'm super, super pumped. I mean, you guys are very inspiring. Together, it's pretty impressive, the energy you guys create. Well, thank you. So thank, thank you, you for very doing much. this. I'm, I'm extremely grateful for being here, but just for knowing you and being your friends and getting to work with you is a tremendous honor. So thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for coming on the show and thank you for being friends with us. And we really appreciate your company and your, your energy and your presence in the universe is greatly appreciated. Oh, wow. Thank you. All of our presences, right? It's very important that we all recognize that. I do like receiving presents. Yeah. Yes, it is nice. <laughs> Speaking of presents... <laughs> This week's episode, uh, we do have, although we do have a real sponsor this week, we also have real fake sponsors. Never fret, we have not gotten rid of our real fake sponsors. This week's episode of Mindfulness of Doom is brought to you by Corey's Blue Blue Ball. Corey's Blue Blue Ball, a present given to me uh, to help record the podcast. We now have three microphones, and it is a blue blue ball, and I am so enjoying cool. it very immensely and it gives us the opportunity to have a guest microphone which marianne is using and it's she enjoys fancy. it yeah, she, really she really likes it it's yeah. a bit intimidating no not at all it oh, makes great. me feel all powerful oh good, mm. good. That's i just sat up straight that's fantastic you, <laughs> you are all powerful mary <laughs> this episode of mindfulness of doom is also brought to you by naked twister naked twister be careful when you swing that sword This episode of Mindfulness of Doom is brought to you by White Russians. White Russians, the dude should never be without one. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. This episode of Mindfulness of Doom is brought to you by the Dragonfly Forest. Because if forests weren't cool enough, we get to name them after dragons and flies and dragonflies. <laughs> and dragonflies are symbolic of evolution. Which is why if you come to the Dragonfly Forest, you never come back out the same. And you always bring the forest with you. Mm -hmm. mm. And lastly, this week's episode of Mindfulness of Doom is brought to you by our longtime sponsor, Death. Death, healthy little reminders to kick your ass and get it in gear. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of Mindfulness of Doom. And uh, if there isn't anything else, I guess we'll, uh, you know, see you next week. We'll see you next week. Mindfulness of Doom. Doom. We invite you to like, subscribe, and rate our podcast on iTunes and wherever podcasts of real quality can be found. Have suggestions, music, or artwork for the show? Want to sponsor our podcast? Find our contact page and links to the items we talked about in this episode at www.mindfulnessofdoom.com. This podcast is recorded at the Center for Social Change in Miami, Florida. It is written, edited, and recorded by Brian Lemmerman and Corey Hardacre. Our music is by Pallet Town and can be found at soundcloud.com slash town. All poorly thought out opinions are ours. Nothing you hear in this podcast should be construed as professional medical advice. Go see a therapist, all of you. Free happiness? Mm -hmm. Where do I buy that? We should have signed up with her a long time ago. <laughs>